Hello and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Today, your host is Tech Tick. Well, not your host. We're all your host, but your MC. The guy, the guy leading the show is is Tech Tick. And I'm not alone here. I am, of course, joined by the radiant nerd bomber hello hello everybody i feel like ready to take on the world after that introduction radiant wow so we can't get right into it like we like like we never do because we always gotta open with the pleasantries and generally it's sort of a weird fact and last week illegal was really hung up on sanitary products slash t-shirts the last couple weeks you guys have been really hung up on deodorant it's a, it's a big thing around here lately well last week it was it was not so much the deodorant but the the recycling well not recycling but the tossing of his t-shirts to start anew of fresh whites now in the same vein i'd like to ask you a question okay what's your sock situation how do you walk and can you find yourself without holes in your heels? So first of all, I walk one foot in front of the other. I think most people do who who walk. You know, it. I learned that from Jack Frost, the Christmas movie. You just put one foot in front of the other and something, something, something. That's how you and get... And soon to- you'll be walking across the floor. Yeah. No, you know, I don't really get holes in my socks that often. I've had socks that I've owned since I was in high school that, you know, they stretch out a little bit, but they don't get holes. So I've owned, some of my pairs of socks have been the same for quite a long time. That's but, wild to me. That's yeah. wild to me. And what is crazy is that I am a, like, whenever you go to those Dr. Scholl's machines that tell you what your your balance is so that you can get like the foot insert and we're not sponsored by Dr. Scholl's or anything like that. But every time I do one of those like balance machines that tell you where your center of gravity is, I always put most of my weight on my heels. So it is very strange that I don't have holes in my heels. I can't explain it. I don't know. But I'm also, I'm not very heavy footed. And you might protest this a little bit, but so after, you know, after I had COVID and came out of my room quarantine, successfully did not get tactic sick, which was great. But we slept outside in our living room on the couches for a little bit just to like kind of let it air out before, you know, Tectic went in there so that, you know, out of my germs and stuff could be fully sanitized, even though like plain I cleaned safe. and everything. Yeah, just plain and safe. And I did not realize how heavy footed he was and the couch i guess is closer to the floor and feels vibrations more than our bed does and man when this guy gets up in the middle of the night he is stomping through the house to go to the bathroom and i don't think i walk walk like that so i think that might be a difference between us i have yet to find and listeners if you find a brand that is resistant to holes please let me know i've yet to find a superior brand that can really handle my feet it's it's wild to me, but there is one benefit. My dog hates getting his nails clipped. So to kind of distract him while we're clipping his nails, I'll put a handful of dog food in like a sock puppet, we'll call it, to protect my hand because he's scratching, he's nibbling, he's tr- going for it. And that's where my holy socks end up going. So they don't go to waste, but man, do I burn through socks. So guys, if you find anything that is more resistant to anything, please let me know. I will say my favorite brand of socks so far and i do buy new socks on the regular because you know how like the washing machine is just a black hole for socks and randomly you'll just end up with a bunch of like single socks and i went through a phase where i had like colored socks like they had fancy patterns they were like pink and 
orange and random fun colors with patterns on the top. And my problem is that I have kind of gotten to a point where I've lost like single socks and you can't really wear them together unless you're home because if you're out in public, like they show just enough, you'd have a green sock and a pink sock and people are like, what are, what are you doing? So I have bought new socks and lately I've tried, I think I had Puma, New Balance and Hanes and I did not even realize New Balance made socks, but they do. And the New Balance socks were actually my favorite. So they hold up. They hold up pretty well. They're very plush. Good to know. So, well, we're not going to be talking about socks and we're definitely not going to be talking about feet. But if you think we should diversify our portfolio with some feet picks, Online Warriors feet picks, let us know. Yeah, here I can make a lot of money doing that. I've got sort of the the second one from the end is longer than the, the big toe. Apparently, that's a desired trait in the foot community. So I've heard. I don't know. But anyway. I digress. We're not going to be talking about feet. We are going to be talking about some movie and video game topics. We're going to be talking about something with turtles. I'm not going to say what kind of turtles. Maybe they're at adolescent. Maybe they're teenagers. Who knows? Sea turtles. We're going to be talking about something with the Lord of the Rings. And we're going to be talking about some robotic patrolmen. So to kick it all off, I think we should go into... Lord of the Rings Golem trailer. So we just got a new Lord of the Rings Golem trailer, and it shows us a little bit more in depth of the trials and tribulations that Golem goes through. And this is, again, taking place before the events that occurred in Lord of the Rings. And I gotta say, something is just terribly off with the animation in this. It's, the story is is starting to captivate me, I, I, I will be honest. But the way everything looks, it just, it just looks ever so slightly uncanny valley, and it bothers me. It's partly that. It's partly that I think the graphics feel really outdated, especially, you know, we're in the generation of the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. Like, we're in a generation where graphics can be really good, and somehow it feels very reminiscent. And it's probably an exaggeration, but when I watch this trailer, I don't know if you played the Hobbit PlayStation 2 game. I think it was also on GameCube. But, like, it gives me vibes of that animation style, which feels very strange for a game coming out in 2023. I'm glad you said it because I was just going to say it gives me hardcore PlayStation 3 vibes at best. And to to tie it to a, a PlayStation 2 release, yeah, that's spot on. It bothers me. And I, I, I'm, you guys know me. I gush over very little animation. Like, I can care less about the graphics. I love my side scrollers. I love my 2D platformers. Like, I usually don't care. But like when it like prides itself on these vast scenic views and all this other stuff, the graphics have to be good. And and I know this is sort of a sidebar of what we saw in the trailer, but it just it just I had to say it. It bothers me. Someone has to pick on graphics since illegal's not here. I mean, and I'm going to be that guy. I didn't think like it's a choice, you know, like it could end up working very well. I guess for me, like coming off of and I think I'm a little bit skewed because the last Lord of the Rings games that we got were very kind of like photorealistic. I mean, you're talking about Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, and those are very graphically compelling games for the time that they came out. And I think even still now they hold up very, very well. And I, I think it's just like a weird reversion back to like a very old school animation style that just feels a little bit off, but it could work, you know? Like I said, back in the PS2 era, the Hobbit game was very kind of more cartoony and it still worked for that game. I think it's going to really have to go hand in hand with the vibe that they set up with their storytelling and the gameplay. 
That said, one of the things that also is, and I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan here, but one of the biggest things that I also wanted to note was that it didn't really seem like it was following traditional Lord of the Rings descriptions in terms of what people and places look like. Some of the costume choices on the characters felt a little bit more like Warcrafty or Dungeons and Dragony than Lord of the Rings. And maybe that's just me, but some of the costume choices just felt a little bit out there compared to, you know, what we're used to seeing from Lord of the Rings and even the descriptions, if you read any of Tolkien's actual, like the text, just feels off. And again, that's not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's a different take on you know, a franchise and an IP that a lot of people know and love. And maybe a fresh new take is needed here. But I think it's probably going to like, I think it's going to draw some ire from hardcore fans of the franchise and the IP. Because I know even talking to like Illegal, Lord of the Rings super fans are very faithful to Tolkien's work in the original text. And I think just maybe this isn't the IP to do a new take. But maybe it could work. Who knows? So in this trailer, we had the opportunity to see a young Gandalf. Do you think that Gandalf at least fit the description of what he should look like? Yeah, that was definitely closer. I think the things that were a little bit more off-putting, there was like a dude who had, it almost looked like spikes or something surrounding his head. And that just felt... I don't know. It didn't feel like Lord of the Rings. That felt sci-fi futuristic. To yeah, me. it felt like something I saw on the Sci-Fi Channel. Or honestly. Like, like it felt like something you would see in like I don't even know if Star Wars is the right franchise to place that costuming in. Stargate. Yeah, <laughs> something like Stargate. I don't know. It just felt a little bit weird. That said, like I, I know a lot of people are already pooping on this game, and I do want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Still, like yeah, it's not necessarily what I think a lot of people would have expected. And I don't know if a lot of people even care about playing as Gollum, but I think if they do it right, I think it could be an interesting story. And if they do the stealth aspects of it right, I think a lot of people really love stealth games. I mean, I know I like stealth games, so it could be a good game. We might just be writing it off a little bit because it looks a little bit janky and unpolished, but who knows? The one thing that we we do get a good look into is that we see sort of both sides that he's working with, both the young Gandalf and the Lord Saren. Do you think that it's going to make you like empathize towards him being torn between two sides? Or do you think it's just going to be something that's not even really addressable and it's just going to be like, well, this is sort of a puzzle horror-ish game. I'm just going to burn through the puzzles because I put slapped Lord of the Rings IP on that and have some semblance of a good time. Well, you know, during the trailer, I noticed one of the things that they kind of harped on several times was you know, between good and evil and, and, and the gap between good and evil. And it almost makes me wonder if they're going to try to give you some semblance of choice here. The problem with that is that like, you how, know, how can they exactly like, you know, where the story goes. So I don't know how much choice they can really give you unless they change canon to have the game fit a new story. Like, I think it could be interesting to kind of go in with a blank slate and be like, okay, maybe I'm going to be Gollum and make my own choices and see how this will influence the story, you know, moving forward. And maybe they'll do like a some kind of like epilogue recap sort of cutscene thing where it shows the ramifications of your actions. But I, I'm very curious to see if, you know, good and evil choices will have any place in this game, even though they've called it out in the trailer multiple times. And if so, what the impact will be. I think you can get away with having two vastly different good versus evil story experiences, as long as they both converge to like some sort of 
memory wiping event or some just something that like wipes whatever you did clean basically and I, and i know that's like not mo- one of the most like satisfying outcomes but it allows players to sort of cater their experience at least to to what they think they want and i mean it could be something like and this i guess is a spoiler if you've never played the dishonored games but one of the things like the ending of dishonored is i guess slightly different depending on how you approach the game but one of the biggest things that changes based on the decisions that you make whether you become stealthy throughout the game or whether you just go in and start killing everybody is not so much even the story itself but the environment around you like in that game you know if the more dead bodies that are around the more rats that you find as you're progressing through the world and things are just a little bit darker than if you go stealthy and you don't kill people you don't see those things in your environment and So I wonder if they'll do something like that, maybe, where it's more environmental impacts. And then, like you said, something just kind of gets wiped and you end up in the same place no matter what you do. Again, that's not super satisfying. Like, that's why a lot of people were really upset with the last Mass Effect game. People like to see if their choices matter. I have an incredibly important question for the listeners, be it my Lord of the Rings lack of expertise. When does he lose his hair? Is that like a he uh, after the events that occur here, all of a sudden he has like a midlife crisis and all falls out? I want to know. Well, that's that's one of those things, too. That's like, is that just the character design choice? Did they like see all of the depictions of this character and they're like, you know what? He needs a little more hair. Like, I'm, I, I have no idea. But like what they gave him is like, it's not even a little bit. It's just like they gave him like a weird bowl cut, like little like basically the equivalent of sprinkling water of hair on his head. Just pss, pss, pss. I say just, they should have just left it, but either way, I think he's going to have a midlife crisis, maybe rent a Camaro or... Mid-episode, or, he just rolls up in a Mustang. Mustang, yeah, that's the more affordable of uh, sports cars, <laughs> good call. I mean, he's he's, 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 he's fallen on some hard times. But you know what? I don't want to poop on this game that much, you know, until I hear more about it, until I get the chance to play it. One of the things that I always find really interesting, like this doesn't, I think a lot of the feedback, I guess, that we've seen about this game from people online in general is just that it doesn't really seem necessary. People don't really seem to be resonating with it, what have you. But, you know, if the developers are very passionate about this character, enough so that they've spent the last few years of their lives making this game, maybe it will be good, you know? Maybe there's this Gollum fan base out there who really loved him enough to make a whole video game about him, and it's going to be a really good game. Who knows? That's Gollum, Lord of the Rings. It is expected to release sometime between April and September 2023, but my guess is don't hold your breath because it was also expected in 2022 when it was announced in 2019. So frankly, who knows? Hopefully they're making good progress to finish it, and hopefully they can stick to those deadlines. That said, we're going to roll into something that is significantly much more near and dear to my heart and that is you love them they're teenage and they're mutant and they're ninja turtles so we got to see a new teenage mutant ninja turtles movie trailer and my gosh my god my golly this thing looks fantastic so this is being produced by seth rogan evan goldberg and james reaver with director Jeff Rowe, and this looks fantastic. What I absolutely loved about this trailer is it takes place and and it has the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as teenagers. I did notice, you know, the voice actors all actually sounded young. Right. And every time that we've had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adaptation, whether it's the live action we're or- We're teenagers and we're gruff. Exactly. And like, 
I guess technically you could be like 19 years old and have a deep voice and be a teenager still. But like, I like the idea of a younger yeah. TMNT. I like that. I mean, there were like, especially Michelangelo, he had the surfer boy, like definitely a teenager, but they were always like older teen. Like this is like, they're, they are fresh out 13, like their voices are going to drop maybe in the next couple of installments, whatever, but they're like, they are like fresh little baby turtles. And I think this is a fantastic take. This is going to be their like learning how to do things and it's going to be very early on. Whereas like even the movie that was like, what did that come out in like 2015? Yeah, something like that. They they had already like been developed. They were they were already fighting crime and they were dealing with shenanigans. This is going to be early on. They're probably going to have some some run-ins with Shredder. You know they are, or maybe even it's just going to be like low-level crime, and it's going to work up to Shredder. And that's so cool to me. That is so cool to me. Well, I think too the other cool thing that does is you know we've always seen all of these characters that obviously we love, but they're all kind of in their personalities by the time we encounter them in any sort of iteration of a movie or show. Like you always have Leonardo who's so like, I got to be the leader. I'm super serious. I got to be the leader. And then you have Raphael. Then you have Raphael who's like all, you know, angsty and, you know, oh, life is hard and that's not even like the I, uh he's not all oh, life is art he is i am the real badass leader because he knows raphael's the best one well no but he is also just like dark and brooding all the time and i feel like by positioning them as you know younger teenagers that darkness and that seriousness isn't going to be there and so you're going to be able to experience the teenage Mutant ninja turtles in a more fun capacity than we've seen in a really long time and i know if you go back to like the original i don't know probably like late 80s i think early 90s they were more fun but sometime in the late 90s to the 2000s they become very super serious characters and i think rolling it back a little bit and being able to just have some levity is going to be good for this movie too the two absolute banger choices for the casting too for this one is rocksteady and bebop if you don't know who rocksteady and bebop are they're the bad guy mutants that are like the rhino and the pig thing. And Rocksteady is voiced by John Cena. And Bebop is voiced by Seth Rogen. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> I'm so excited for the casting. Jackie Chan is involved as Master Splinter, which oh, again. Perfect. Oh my goodness. So good. Like, I can't, I can't not gush more about this trailer it's it's not only is it have young turtles which they should have been doing all along but this is like and i always say this with regards to media that we grew up with is they when producers directors etc do things in such a way where it's an introductory level for the next generation i just i get so happy about it because i really feel like we were just so fortunate to have all of these fantastic cartoons released you know, Saturday mornings, and it just kind of like went downhill for a, for a hot minute after that. And are maybe, Saturday morning cartoons even a thing? I, they are, but they, I just, and maybe this is just me getting old, but I just feel like they're not the bangers that we got. They're not the Ninja Turtles. They're not, um, well, we had Transformers Beast Wars. Like, oh my goodness. Yu-Gi-Oh! 
Come on. Duel. No, but like genuinely though, I don't know if Saturday morning cartoons is even a thing. Because going back to at least when we were kids, you had WB and Fox kind of duking it out. And that was on like your standard cable. Yeah, antenna based TV. And especially now that people are, you know, walking away from cable in general, is Saturday morning cartoons a thing? Like it used to be even as like an adult, I guess. Even like kid adjacent, if you knew anybody who had a kid, like you knew all the big shows that would come out every Saturday morning because they were big, like they cornered the market, so to speak. I don't know if that still exists now. I really don't. I'm saying it right now. If you have kids or you're going to have kids, you need to convince them that Saturday morning cartoons are important. Like whatever you got to do, that is like... That was sacred time. And I think my parents loved it, too, because for whatever reason, as a kid, and now I couldn't be like more opposite than this, but I would wake up at like, I don't know, six or seven. And my parents, they didn't sleep in that long, but like they wouldn't wake up until maybe like 830, nine o'clock. And I would get a solid hour or two of Saturday morning cartoons in. And like, I'm sure they heard me wake up and stuff, but they knew that I was like perfectly content to watch cartoons for an hour until like they kind of got their morning going. And I don't know what parents do now. For me personally, I will get up at eight o'clock in the morning if I have to situate everyone and get back to bed. It needs to happen. Anyway. I do think, though, like, this is really cool. And I think they're being given the Into the Spider-Verse treatment here, even in terms of, like, the animation and art style, feels very reminiscent of Into the Spider-Verse. And I love it, man. So the one thing that I do find interesting is in the whole cast, there is nothing. It's And obviously, it's called Mutant Mayhem, but there is zero mention of Shredder. So this is going to be fixated on just other mutants. So like I said, we have Rocksteady, we have Beepop. We also have Superfly in this, which if you don't know who that is, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a fly. I don't know if that's a bad thing to not have Shredder in here. I think, you know, having almost like an introductory sort of movie And then, like, you build towards your big bad because I'm assuming if this goes well, they're going to want to make a sequel or at least make a couple movies after this. Which, by the way, Superfly is Ice Cube. And then I just, I got to gush about that. Paul Rudd is is Mondo Gecko. Hannibal Burress is Genghis Frog. Maya Rudolph is Cynthia Utram. Just this cast, I just, they're doing everything right. There's, it's, but yeah. Like you said, it's. I think. I think this is a good move. I think focusing on the mutants and then going into the next sector and the next sector of big bads. I think that that ultimately gets us excited for a franchise. And and I and I know I've always said like, hey, you know, a movie should be just a good standalone movie, and you shouldn't make it a universe. But like, it's the it's the turtles, guys. But I think it's okay because this isn't going to become like a 20 movie universe. You know what I mean? I think it will be, even with sequels, a little self-contained because you're not, like you really only have one main set of characters to follow. You can't start introducing tertiary people, like characters that people are going to care about. It's just not going to work for a franchise like this. So I don't think we have to worry about it turning into like a 20 film kind of series or anything like that. But I think this is really good. And I think this is the first time that I've been excited about a Turtles property in a long time. I know there have been movies and like, I think the last set of movies wasn't that bad, but I still like it was very difficult to care. Again, they made it too like, grungy well, and edgy and just, be, that wasn't clear, what I was here for. When we say the last set of movies, Michael Bay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were not good. 
They were not good. I, when I say the, the last time, I'm talking about the animated. Stay away from live action turtles. The only live action turtles that were kind of good was when they were in those puppet suits in like the 90s. Those are pretty dope. I want to say that like one of the Michael Bay ones actually did pretty well. I can't remember. It, they weren't like completely critically panned. But yeah, I was not excited about them the way I am excited about this. Samesies. So with that, we're going to roll into our break, and then we're going to come back with some Robocop. But before we take our break, I do want to shout out our Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, you're fantastic. You help us keep this thing going, and we love you for it. So thank you very much, Stephen. He is a night-level subscriber. He is at our highest tier, and he is amazing. If you want to be like Stephen, check us out on patreon.com slash Podcast. There are other levels of Patreon subscription. You can be a squire, or you can be a page. So again, check that out. And with that, we're going to roll into our break. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madness Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think, you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TheMadamsPod, or on our website, TheMadamsPod.com. We are back and we're going to be talking about the new RoboCop gameplay trailer that just dropped. Now, so in this gameplay trailer, you see a couple of things. You see RoboCop walking through the city. He then communicates and tries to get into doors and they're all, you need a warrant. And ultimately he gets in. We see some combat. We see some shooting. We even see him ticket somebody that's parked poorly in front of a fire hydrant. So I thought that was kind of cool. But overall, it was Gameplay footage showing the interactions, the comment, how you look around, what your field of view looks like. And I think it had some pieces that were missing personally. Now, the main thing that really kind of I want to talk about is the health bar. Did you see any kind of indication that there is like risk to doing things? No, there was no overlay no heads up display nothing of that sort of thing and i don't know if it's because as a robocop you're invincible so it doesn't matter if people are shooting at you and you can just barrel into everything and not worry about getting hurt which would make sense to a degree but i feel like even stuff like your ammo normally in a game you see stuff like that and there was nothing on the screen and again i don't know if they were trying to be a little bit more cinematic for the trailer but as you mentioned, it was supposed to be a gameplay trailer and that sort of stuff missing gives me a little bit of like a bad feeling. And I don't like if it's not in that game itself, it's going to feel weird. Yeah. If you're just barreling through, blowing people away, there's no risk. There's no challenge. Why? Why even play? Even in the movies, even in the Robocops movies, he got his ass beat at times. And so like you were you were rooting for him. There were times where you were sweating. They did a good job. Here, you're just this clocker. Just even the movement, just dunk. Well, everything felt kind of floaty too. Like in terms of the gunplay and the shooting, because I mean, some of this gameplay trailer, like you said, 
you're out there, like you're ticketing people, you're investigating. There are detective elements to the, the game, which I think is kind of cool. Instead of just making it like a shooter action game, which they very well could do, they added elements of detective work and trying to solve what I'm assuming is probably some overarching puzzle or crime. But when it came down to the gunplay and the gameplay, something just felt very floaty. Like it didn't feel realistic. And I know that seems weird because yeah, any video game gunplay is not going to feel very realistic, but it just felt very floaty. Like there was no recoil when you shot. Everything was just very smooth. And that just feels wrong, especially when so many games now do a really good job of implementing subtle changes in your display and your, your view as you're shooting. It just felt very... Clonker. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel it felt sterile. I think it's the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, I I think that's that's the perfect word. The other thing though, and, and again, I don't want to see my down and I agree with you. The detective side of things is actually quite interesting. Even the ticketing, I thought that was a neat mechanic that lets you go beyond. Like I hope that there's the opportunity to answer like lesser crimes like domestic violence and and I'm not saying that that's a lesser crime, but like compared to like there's a shootout, you know. I hope you get to really address the full gambit of protecting and serving. I think that would be a, a neat mechanic, and and I think it would be kind of cool. But if the the gameplay and the story arc are surrounded by combat, this is like absolutely a non-starter for me. It has to be focused on the detective work and and going into this as a, an indestructible cop because then then that works. Then that works with the combat. That works with the way you move, and it's just like a small sidebar thing or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't take away from anything else. I think overall though, like I'm not excited about this like i probably should be something about it feels just kind of janky in general just feels super janky even like the voiceover work and i don't think it's anything to like the artists who did the voiceover work but like the script just felt very cheesy and i again i know robocop was a, like the movie came out back in a time when things were more cheesy and that was fine but they could have leaned into that Right. This is this is a, a hardcore period piece game. It, it, it took place in the 80s. They could have really leaned into the 80s like atmosphere and like had things being kind of like there's weird styles. Or, but it's it's just dark and people in hoodies like lean into it. And, and I think it could have been so much better. And I mean, we don't know. It's not out yet. It's not coming out until September. But they're just it, there's so many like low hanging fruit opportunities that I think they could have had with this IP that just from what we've seen, they're not taking advantage of. You know what this kind of reminds me of? And even Gollum, too. You remember back in, again, this is going back to like the PlayStation 2 era, but remember in like that era and even like the Xbox 360 era? And during those generations, there were a lot of IP games that weren't very good, but that were just created because a movie came out and they knew it would sell a game. And like the game itself was usually pretty terrible. You know, the graphics weren't that great. The story was either a rehash directly of the movie or just like a very cheesy kind of spinoff of the movie. These two games that we've talked about today feel very reminiscent of that era. I struggle with it because like on one hand, I kind of miss those days. Like I always talk about how I miss like double A games and those are borderline sometimes not even double A games. But like 
there were a lot of them. They were usually cheap because they would go on sale once like the movie cycle was over. And I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of those lately. And these two feel very much like that. But I don't know if I love it anymore. If anything, it's been too taboo to get those. I mean, some one of the games that comes to mind when you mention that is the when the first Hulk movie came out, there was a Hulk video game. And that just did absolutely terrible. And I mean, Iron Man's another one that came out. But ever since that whole era, yeah, it's, I mean, Avengers, like, it's weird because some people were upset that it didn't look like the Avengers, but the other people were like, we shouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. And that I think the confusion of it and coming out when it did ultimately is what tanked that game. But even that, you have to admit, looked better than what we saw out oh, of these yeah, two for sure. <laughs> for sure. today. Well, th- and that's what I'm saying is, and, and maybe they were trying to, like, hold on to this IP till it's, like, far enough removed from from robocop but it's still like and i don't think that they're basing this on the the movie either i think this is going to be like its own story beat which is good but again there's there's that opportunity to just say we need to make it this own thing we need to just really lean in onto the ip and as long as it's away from the movie it could do good and I just, I just poor execution is 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 really where where I'm rambling to. I think more so it's just that we've gotten spoiled a little bit because even the quote unquote bad IP games are still pretty good if you go back to like 20 years ago and what the standard was then. And I think we've just gotten spoiled because, like I said, even the bad games are pretty decent now. Like it's very rare that you play a game that you find zero fun in these days. I think that's just where we're at. And the other side of it too, and like I said, just leaning into it, is beyond just like the RoboCop that we've seen in the movie, is there's actually like multiple RoboCops and upgrades and like other like other robots that aren't even part human cops that, that we haven't seen anything with. So they might have those other robot variants in this universe, but without showing them, how, what do we get excited for? Be it, maybe their marketing team just sucks. <laughs> I hate to say that, but maybe they just suck at picking what to show us and what not to show us. But at this time, yeah, definitely not excited about this one. Do better, RoboCop team. Do better. So with that, we're going to roll into What Are You Up To Wednesday? And I'm going to start off myself with what I've been up to because I don't think Nerd Bomber noticed what I've been doing. It's been crazy. (laughs) So one of the things that I wanted to mention that I had watched recently and I'm glad I'm waiting until Illegal's not here because I don't want him to take over and gush about Nicolas Cage. I just want to gush about Nicolas Cage. And that is, we watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This movie, and again, this is why I'm waiting for Illegal to not be on the show to gush out about it because this movie was so good. I had like, kind of like, oh, this might be cringy, low, low expectations for this movie. But like, it was a, a buddy comedy. It was fantastic. I never knew where it was going, literally ever. It made me satisfied because it like helped me know, oh, that's where that TikTok came from. You guys know what I'm talking about. Those who know, you know. And it was just overall just a feel-good, kind of action-y, kind of comedy, kind of just whatever the hell Nicolas Cage was feeling like doing E. And it was good. I recommend this movie. If, if you have some kind of way to watch it, check it out. It's fantastic. The other thing is I have been playing a little bit more of Pokemon Shining Pearl. This game, again, it's it's a it's a low bar to entry, very fun, and just, like, chill. I'm still working on getting my Game Boy Advance working. I'm having some technical difficulties on my upgrades. 
I have to work with customer service on that, but all in all, coming good. And while that's working out, like I said, playing some Pokemon, having a good time. Nerd Palmer? All right, so... On the gaming front, I have really taken a deep dive into Disney Dreamlight Valley. That was the game that I started playing again. That was supposed to be just kind of a pass the time, right? Yeah, it was (laughs) supposed to be a pass the time sort of thing when I was, you know, stuck in a room with only Xbox Cloud Gaming and a Chromebook while I had COVID. And I'm now playing it like every day, probably not every day during the week, but it's, I play it quite often and I've gotten into that gameplay loop that I think I got into with Animal Crossing. It's just, you know, you have chores, you do them. They're kind of the same thing every day, but it's like weirdly satisfying because you can check things off your list as you're doing chores and you're doing these chores to better your island. So like, you're not just like mindlessly doing the same tasks over and over for no reason, Like I do the same tasks over and over and then a new Disney character shows up to my valley and I'm super excited about it. Is there a slumlord raccoon in this one? There is not, but Scrooge McDuck does make sure he gets his pretty penny. Like he runs the store. He's the one who builds all the houses. And of course he is. Yeah, he is. He doesn't cheap out like a new character comes to your valley or is like stuck in purgatory. One of my favorite story beats. Well, not favorite but like one of the things i find really funny is like you find ariel and this is i guess a little bit of a spoiler but she's kind of stuck in this like weird ocean realm between worlds because like the forgetting happens and all the characters disperse and you find her and she's like i can't come back to the valley until you build me a house can you please build me a house and then that magic will draw me home and you're like oh my god yes i would love to save you let me go back and build your house and then for some of the characters, like, you can just plop their house wherever. You don't have to pay. F- I don't understand how Scrooge McDuck chooses who you have to pay for and who you don't. But, like, Ariel's out there and she is stuck. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you some nice beachfront property, you know, right on the water. Well, that's, you, that's you love prime, swimming. That's prime real yeah, estate. Prime real estate. That makes sense to me. Well, no, but, you know, you, you build it and Scrooge McDuck comes around. He's like, okay, so you've plotted the land, but now you got to pay me $5,000. And I wanted to be like, she is stuck out there. She just wants to come home, poor girl. And he's like, now nah, you got to pay up. And she's yeah, crazy. And she can't a, come back until you pay him. He has a thing against him. mermaids. I bet, I bet he's like, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bet. I bet Scrooge McDuck's a little, little ignorant. But you know, one of the things that I'm really impressed with. So again, this is like a free to play game. And right now I think it's only free if you have Game Pass because it's technically an early access. But you know, eventually it will go free to play. And I think they've done a really good job balancing the fact that like you can do everything in the game without paying money. Like you really can. There is not an instance like some things take time because it's no different than an Animal Crossing where, you know, randomly generated things. So like if you're fishing or whatever in Animal Crossing, you're not always going to get the the big long papa that I don't even remember the name of, but like the guy that's like three times your width that you hold up and you're super proud. You know what I'm talking about? I do. So like that kind of stuff happens in Disney Dreamlight Valley where you're mining something and you're not going to find the super rare item you need until you mine like 15 different places. But you never really feel like you need to pay to do anything. Like there's nothing that feels like blocked behind real money. And they've also added in the time since I've played it 
I think when it first came out was maybe in the fall. Like they've added a lot of characters. There's a lot of biomes to unlock that didn't exist when the game first came out and they're adding more and the plan is to update and add more. And in that way, I almost feel like it can last longer than Animal Crossing because it's constantly being updated. And I know Animal Crossing added like DLC and stuff, but it wasn't like you could expand your island. You didn't really get like new missions or anything like that it was just like new stuff to buy whereas at least in this game like each character that you bring to your valley there's friendship missions that are specific tasks that you can do for that character and it just feels like it gives you a little bit more of a purpose it's hilarious to me how into these games you have gotten i hated them before well yeah you when i brought up animal crossing you got legitimately mad like i don't know if legitimately mad but i you were just like i want to buy this day one and i was like I don't this know why. Stupid. Yeah, I was like, this looks dumb. Yeah, you look dumb. Now you know. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's very low impact. And cozy gaming is a big trend right now. And I get it. And I don't think I got it before when I was a kid, but I get it now. I have so. indie games to show you later. Just don't let me forget. Oh, yeah, I know there's a bunch of stuff like Stardew Valley and all that kind of stuff that I could play. But this, this so far, I'm really digging it. And then in addition to that, you know, we've watched a couple Netflix movies because we're back on the Netflix train and we watched We Have a Ghost, which is the new movie with Anthony Mackie and David Harbour. This was good. It was it was good. I was a little worried it might be scary, but everything that I'd read about it said that it was going to be more of a comedy and the trailer didn't make it look scary at all. He was kind of David Harbour kind of plays more of a Casper the Friendly Ghost than a scary ghost sort of deal. And I think it was a good, I think, family movie in that it was a very heartwarming tale. And like when it boiled down to it, a lot of the movie focused on a teenager and his friend helping this ghost. So I think it had appeal for the whole family and it was pretty heartwarming, I guess. My heart was warmed. I'd agree. Yeah. And then the other movie that we watched was Mila Kunis's Luckiest Girl Alive. I think that was what it was called. Yes. This was aggravating from like a good, like it, it invoked emotion. Yeah. It's a, I, I don't know if I would classify it as like a mystery, but basically she survived a school shooting and her classmate kind of told everybody that she might have been involved in it and so she's gotten older and she's tried to like move on but it's still kind of like bothering her and you as the viewer don't really know if she was actually involved or not or what happened so as you're watching it's kind of you know her grappling with everything that happened in her past and you watching all of that unravel to kind of see the full picture and what happened to her and I thought it was pretty good very like traumatic stuff though like yeah this is definitely not a kids movie you're definitely not a kids movie and like there's a lot of sensitive subject matter that happens in this movie so definitely like be aware of that kind of stuff like make sure you read the warnings and stuff i guess before you go and watch it but overall usually with netflix movies i'm just kind of like underwhelmed but these two were pretty good so check them out So because we only got two guests on this episode, we're going to wrap it up early and we're going to just close out the show. But before we do, I do want to say, make sure to buy yourself new socks. You should always treat yourself. Got to circle back from the beginning. That's important to me. And we would just want you to stay safe and keep on podcasting.